This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Maybe you're having trouble sleeping, difficulty with the relationship, or just suffering from low self-esteem. If so, then BetterHelp wants to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and to help you. You get to talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, and they give you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Join the 2 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And there's a special offer to Nowhere to Be Found listeners. You'll get 10% off of your first month, but only if you go through the link or type in betterhelp.com slash ntbf for Nowhere to Be Found. That's better betterhelp.com slash ntbf. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. And you can find the link in our show notes and on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com. Previously on Nowhere to Be Found. There's no doubt about it in my mind that they're the ones who let this other party know that he was going to be there. The sheriff's department already has it in their possession. So if they were to go try to file, the, the sheriff's department's going to turn around and say, uh, sorry, because we've got your interview right here. There's some people that showed up to this party, and I need you guys to come forward and tell me about them. We know as far as who. We know as far as the time frame. We know as far as what takes place. What takes place. What takes place. I'm your host, Amanda Papineau, and this is Nowhere to be Found. Tonight's episode, we're going to hear my interview with Bree, the girl who was at the party the night Michael went missing. Unlike everyone else we've spoken to, Bree was actually awake at 4 a.m., I want to remind everyone how brave people are that are willing to come on the podcast. Think about being in their shoes for a minute. Wouldn't it be so much easier to just say no thank you? Of course it would. And honestly, I don't know if I would do an interview if the script was flipped. Which is why I really commend and respect those willing to come forward. They're putting themselves in a position to receive scrutiny in order to help find Michael. So my name is Bree. I was invited by um, the birthday girl, Josie, and Hunter. Started seeing my partner earlier this year, and he's pretty good friends with Hunter, Josie's partner. Okay. So um, just over the past, like, six or seven months, I've been hanging around with them a lot more nice. and, like, getting closer to them and stuff. So she invited me when we started the grocery store cool. about a month before her party. And then did you know Michael before this um, camping trip? Yeah. You did? Um I've known Michael for about, like, a year and a half. He, one of his roommates, actually, is my old boss. Oh. Um, and that's how I met him. I met him through the people I work with. Oh, okay. 
Nice. Yeah. yeah so super I'd, small town like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And had you guys like ever hung out um, before this or just kind of knew, knew him through someone else? Um, we'd like, I'd like seen him at parties and stuff. Um, we talked a little bit. We weren't super close. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's kind of the case with most people that were yeah, camping at Josie's party. Yep. That's what I've been hearing a lot. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, um, so you get invited about a month before. So when did you actually like arrive at the party? I got there pretty late cause I work nights and I had gotten an early off on Tuesday. So my partner and I didn't leave town until like 11 PM. Oh, okay. So I got there, um, like 12 or 1230 the morning of August 5th. Okay. And when you got there, did you recognize a lot of people there or not? Yeah, I, I, I feel like I did. There was, I feel like I knew most, most of the people that like Josie, like her friends that she actually invited. Mm -hmm. Um, there was some older folks that I had never seen before. I think those were her mom, Michelle's friends. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I knew a decent amount of people there. Um, I think like even, even people that I didn't know, like there were people that I had like seen before like I knew their names sure so okay so you get there kind of late um what like is everybody kind of asleep at this point is it still going pretty strong at midnight what what did it look like when you first got there uh when we got there it was pretty chilling like a decent amount of people had um had went to sleep like certain people that I knew were going to be there were asleep mm-hmm. um I know there had been some things that had transpired a couple days before um, like a little bit of drama went down. So some people went home, everyone was just kind of burnt out. So it was, it was a pretty chill vibe when I got there. Mm-hmm. I think everyone got there like partying out a couple days before. Yeah. It sounds like Monday night was, um, kind of crazy. So you missed all of the, um, quote, crazy the lady. Yeah. You missed, oh, yeah. you missed, <laughs> you missed all that. When I got there, everyone, everyone was kind of like, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Like we're just trying to have a chill night. Like, I never really got a full recap of, like, the crazy lady. Like, my friend said that he saw her eat her own poop. Oh and, like, God. a couple of her friends got, like, kicked out. And, like, were asked to leave. And, like, I never even got the full picture of, like, what happened with that. Because, obviously, from the next day on, like... Yeah, it was all focused on Michael. Yeah. Okay, did you see Michael when you got there? I did. Um did. So it was, like, maybe 20 minutes after I got there. He had, like, came... I don't, you've, you've been to the... To the campsite yeah so i was at the park bench near the campfire and i was sitting there like eating some food that i brought from work and he had came out of like the bushes kind of over near the stage okay um, i think he had just thrown up yeah so he, like came over and like we said hi and we we're messing, joking around with him and stuff and then um kind of like he went and sat by the beanbag or something um didn't really talk to him much when i got there did he seem like pretty messed up at that point or fairly sober um, he seemed pretty high. I, okay. I thought he'd eaten Molly because he looked like he was like, I don't know if you've ever been around someone where they've um, eaten Molly, but he was like sweating a lot. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he, he was, he seemed like he was having a pretty good time, but I think like someone, someone was getting him water. So he was kind of uh, struggling a little bit. Yeah. So no drama as far as you saw, at least early on that night. Very chill. No. Um, Michael wasn't feeling well. Yeah, because I think because because there had been some stuff that had transpired a couple days before. Mm-hmm. I think everyone was 
pretty much every, everyone that was still camping was pretty much on the same page. Like it's all just really Done. relaxed. Tapped out. Yeah. yeah. Was the drama before, is that like the whole like Kyle getting kicked out type of thing or the, yeah. okay. Okay. Um, so it was, uh, Kyle getting kicked out. And I believe that was, um, one of Josie's friends that Kyle didn't know. Yeah. Um, he had given her a line and she thought it was Coke and it was actually ketamine. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's what happened. And then, um, there was some other events that transpired with my friend, Bob, um, is two of, two of his friends and him got into an argument and they like threw all his stuff out of their car and like stormed off mm. and like left. Um, Dang. Just, and then there was something, uh, I have not actually come in contact with this person, but I, I keep hearing of another drama with somebody named Desta. Yeah, that's, so that's who it was. It was, okay. uh, a couple, uh, they're not together anymore, but, um, Desta and Oakley. Oh yeah. Um, I know that name. and there was, so a few months ago, Kyle had some stuff missing, go missing from his, his car. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a photographer and his really nice camera was stolen out of his car a lot of his gear and stuff. That sucks. And um, I believe the situation was, because that's why, um, I'm sure you've heard of Ashley. She was yeah. there one of the nights, and then she actually ended up getting a ride back. She got there after I did, um, probably early morning Tuesday. Um, okay. She ended up showing back up again. But there was something with um, Kyle talking to Ashley about maybe if Des and Oakley had been the ones to... Take break into stuff. his yeah. break into his car, um, and somehow Bob's name got brought up, and so Des and Oakley were upset with Bob because of that, and that's why they threw his stuff out of the car and left. Gotcha. Why would Ashley know? Uh, like, if somebody stole, like, why would Ashley know that? Or she could I think her and Kyle might have. I think Kyle might have just like been talking about it. Okay. And he was probably talking about it to Ashley. Um, I think she. I don't know. Her and Bob weren't really good friends during the camping trip, but Mm -hmm. she had been um, dealing with some stuff with her partner. And so after the camping trip, um, Bob and Ashley started, like, I think they kind of bonded over, like, everything that happened with the Oakley and Desta situation. Um, So I think she might have just been, like, making commentary on it. I don't know. So she got back, I know, um, sometime between, like, two and three. And was she part of the group? So there's this talk of a beer run that night and all these different times keep coming up. Um, Warren's was really confusing to me that they were giving people money to like go on this beer run. Was that before you or were you, did you witness any of that? Uh, not to like after I had gone there, there was no, no beer run. No. Yeah. Not, not to my knowledge. Um, okay. So that must've been earlier in the night. Okay. So what, um, what happens then? Like what time do you guys go to bed and what's the, you know, what's the scene like as you start to go to bed? So I didn't go to bed till way later, like okay. till the sun's coming up the next day. Um, oh, okay. yeah. So we were, we got there. Everyone's just having a chill night. I eat dough. So I was candy flipping. So okay. I don't know if yeah. you're not familiar with the term or not, but it's eating Molly and acid. And so, cause Kieran, Kieran shows up in the car with, um, Jazzy and Ashley and that's, that's a while after I got there. Mm-hmm. And then, um, their friend Sebastian comes on his motorcycle sometime after that. Um, do you know all those people like, too? 
Uh, yeah. So I know okay. uh, at the time I had been living with Kieran and then one of his really good friends is Jazzy. So mm-hmm. I knew her. Um, I had met, I think, one or two times before the camping trip. And then um, Sebastian was friends with Kieran. So I I'd met him before, but. So that's probably two, three, would you say, or later? Yeah, yeah, probably probably around three. Okay. Um, and then we're just all kind of like goofing off. I had seen Michael actually when Karen got there. Okay. Um, when Karen showed up, he came over to say hi to Michael, or Michael came over to say hi to Karen. Um, he sat in the back of Karen's car while they were like unloading some of their stuff. And that's the last time I think I saw Michael. Okay, what were they talking about? Do you know? Um. It was just like a lot of hellos, like Michael giving hugs to Karen. Yeah. Um, hey, how you doing? And, kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we all walked back over to the dome. Um, and then and then Sebastian got there. Well, after that, we're all hanging out at the dome. And then Kasaya had came over and was like, "Hey, has anyone seen Michael?" Um, but nothing too alarming. Like nobody thought he was missing. We just thought that she was trying to like you know t- talk to him about something. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw her go over and ask a couple people that were sitting at the sitting near the campfire, kind of watching the stage area, mm-hmm. watching the DJs. Um, so I know she was asking around a little bit about him. And was the music still playing at this time? Yeah. The okay. music was playing um, all throughout the night into the morning. Um, Cause once you're like, okay, like my, we can't find Michael anywhere. Like they decided to keep the music going in case he got lost and he needed to find his way back. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but I wasn't alarmed when she came up and asked for him, asked, asked if we had seen him. Um, I just like, I don't know, didn't, it didn't raise any red flags. Um, yeah. and then I don't know how long after, maybe 30, 40 minutes after, um, I'd been walking around. I walked onto the bus at one point and, um, Ashley was on the bus. Kieran was on the bus. Um, Ben was on the bus, not Primval, the other Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on the bus. Everyone was just talking, hanging out. Um, and then I got off the bus and I took Jazzy back on the bus. I believe she was looking for Kieran. She was pretty high. She was Kate out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I sat on the bus for a little bit and cause I had came back in and she was putting on a sweater asking for a flashlight. And this time she seemed really concerned about finding Michael. Uh-oh. And so I actually offered to help her look for him cause I didn't want to just like throw her my phone. Yeah. Um, and so Every, like, I think at this point, like, people started to, like, they were like, okay, like, you know, maybe because I was actually looking for him and, like, can't find him. Um, and we walked over to the other campsite where people were sleeping. We were calling out for Michael. What um, did, um, we, what did Kasaya say happened? Like, when you were like, what do you, like, when, what happened? Oh, she said that she was just on the bus and she's like, and Michael got off. Like, he, it's the same, same thing, the same yeah. thing that everyone's heard. You know, Michael was just like, She's like, he just looked up and was like, do you guys don't want me here? Mm-hmm. And Ashley and Kasaya were like, no, like, we love you. Like, you are wanted here. Like, you know, and he just said he's going to go get some air and stepped off the bus. Um, Does that sound unusual at all to you? As you know, Michael? unusual? Yeah. Um, I... Or at that point, was it like... I think, like... I think the, like, come, like, I don't know if they, I don't know if, like, if Kasaya and Ashley were having, like, a private conversation and he said that, mm-hmm. that would make sense to me yeah. if he thought, like, if he felt like he was unwelcome. But I don't know. I don't know about, it It does seem out of character for him to just, like, 
like storm off without any type of actual like situation going down for him to just like right you know like a real reason or a fight or something that would actually make you want to get air but if he was in some sort of like drug-induced psychosis Mm -hmm. i think that's extremely believable just because like i know that he's someone who struggled with mental illness and Mm -hmm. if you're already feeling paranoid and then you're using drugs on top of that you know yeah it can be a bad bad like i've been there before but he also isn't someone who like i feel like he's i feel like he knows he's loved Mm -hmm. yeah and so for him to just say that and bounce seems yeah yeah Yeah. it's hard to say like you know all the all the different mixes like if he was on molly he was on ketamine he'd been drinking i don't know if he Mm -hmm. took acid i mean it seems very plausible to me that he did but i haven't actually been able to confirm that yeah i don't know if he did because like when i got there like there wasn't dose there Mm -hmm. um what do you know okay so the puddling thing what's your take on all that i think that's like totally absurd the only person there that i would ever believe would puddle someone is desta and that would be by accident that boy is a walking biohazard okay um but not a purposeful dose yeah there's there's no there would be no ninja dosing which is like where you dose someone without their knowledge Mm -hmm. and no no puddling um if it was an accident that would be one thing but also like no one there even had like i don't believe anyone there had liquid l okay so it would have been um so it, it would have had to have been liquid for it to be an accident right or to puddle someone um but that's something that I feel like a lot of the people that were there strongly believe, like, don't believe in that. Um, like, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, everyone has a, since it is a slang word, everyone kind of has their own definition of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in my in in my opinion, puddling is just like a large amount of acid taken, like from a dropper. Okay. Um. So by that, like, I've technically been puddled before. Like, I've had a friend put a dropper over my mouth and like shoot a bunch of L in. Mm-hmm. Um. But not in like a malicious way, just in like a no, right, yeah, right. no. I like I literally asked for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And all of my friends are very careful. Like any any of the people that were there that I've eaten out with, or like if one of my friends has a dropper, like it's not like like you're very careful to make sure that you're giving someone an exact dose. Yeah. And I've been to a point before where I was like asking to, I was like, hey, can you can I can I have a dose? And he like one of my friends. It's like, well, I'm really high, so like you're gonna have to do it yourself. Like, yeah, I don't want to mess it up. Yeah, um, I don't think it's something that a lot of these people, like, you know, for people who are familiar with drugs, like, if there was an accidental dose, I think that it also would have been like handled well. Unlike the narrative that I've seen is that we're just a bunch of like irresponsible young adults. Like, I don't know. We've all we've all been in, we've all had bad trips. We've all been around people who've been having a bad trip. If someone did accidentally get too high i think but pretty well equipped to handle that yeah yeah i would believe that i i think that we would have all heard if there was someone with liquid there and if someone accidentally got dosed and like you know if something did happen like i know that it's been really easy for people to speculate and to demonize people they don't know especially when it's like dude you know you go camping with your friends like People come home. So, like, yeah, it's fucking weird that, like, if I wasn't there, I'd probably be pretty suspicious, too. Right. It's so hard. 
you know. Because it's just a weird place to walk away from and not have it, there be yeah. anything. It's, it's just bizarre. Not that it's not possible, but it's so bizarre sounding. And, I mean, there's no way in hell he, like, if he would have, you know, started climbing up or down near the creek or of the mountain behind camp, like, he wouldn't have gotten far. And so it's just kind of like... Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, I'm not, I mean, as soon as I got there and I started to look around, especially Mm -hmm. in Crocs, that's what really gets me is the shoes because I was wearing boots when I went and I still could have easily, easily like lost your, lost my footing, had gravel slide out from underneath you and you just slide down an embankment. And you know, and that's in broad daylight, like the next, when the, when the sun had came up, um, Kyle had came back to camp. Um, he's, he's been a wildland fighter fighter before. Um, he's very like an experienced outdoorsman. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, Hey, like, this is something we do. Like he showed us what a grid was and kind of how to like look. So we did a, we, like a handful of us, um, were like listening to Kyle and he was like showing us how to search the woods. And like, it was just impossible to like, to like get anywhere. I couldn't imagine, you know, it's in the, we, hours of the morning like yeah no kidding dark you're where you're you're high the other option is that he got picked up by a car or or you know heard somebody pulling up and tried to get a ride out of there is that plausible in your mind as well i think it's i mean i didn't see any i didn't see any cars go up or down the street like the last vehicle i saw that got there was um sebastian's and it was like it was really dark out and I feel like, I feel like we would have noticed, um, any vehicles going up or down, but like to my recollection, I can't. So I think that like, I don't know, like there just wasn't, there was a lot of people camping. I remember on the drive up, but he would have had to go and like mess with someone else's camp for him to like end up getting a ride out of there, you know? Right. It's not like people are just driving by like through yeah. to the next town. You'd have to be going out there to go to a campground. Like there's nothing else yeah, really out exactly. there. Exactly. And like who's, who's, nobody's driving around to go to camp that late unless no. you're like, like looking for this party, that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. But Kyle made a good point um, the next day because we were all searching and we were like, I walked up the road quite a ways but i was like you know there's no i'm like there's no way he did this like yeah but kyle made a good point if you're you know if you're super high especially if you've eaten acid or molly like you've got some stamina yeah if he had been walking like three miles an hour like he could have made it you know he could have made it like back into town almost you know or like into like a smaller town or something right I just don't know. But then like, and then it's like, where do you go from, like, where does he go from there? Like, And I I also think that unless he had been in like a very, very altered mental state, I don't see him actually like walking back to town. No. Because otherwise it would have been like, you know, he would have cooled off and like came back to camp or like, you know, if he did get turned around like that, that was my thought was that like he got lost or he passed out in the bush and I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, so like the sun's going to come up and he's going to trot on back. That's what I would probably have thought too. So the interesting thing with Kyle um, to me is I couldn't figure out, you know, he left and then they're like, oh, man, something really bad's happening. We should go back and get Kyle. And I was like, oh, you know, like, yeah, he's a wild, like he's done the firefighting thing and he has like a good idea of how to do a search. Were Mm -hmm. you part of that? Like, were you there when they were kind of making decisions like what to do at that point when to go back Um, and get out? I had, cause I'd stayed up and then like, I remember 
the sun had started to come up and that's when every like that's when I was like it's like yo okay I'm worried like it's been it's been hours now like mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty concerned um and there had been talk about kind of what to do but I wasn't really a part of that I wasn't really like I I like felt like I was like I don't really know Michael as much as like the twins or Josie and like you know I'm not I'm not in a state to where like I'm gonna you know lead the like, charge it, yeah or like you know wander off like I wasn't about to start I didn't start looking until the next day mm-hmm. like looking up the near the creek or anything like I was like I'm not in a state where I can do that I'm gonna get myself lost um and so I'd fallen asleep right around when the sun had come up mm-hmm. and then when I woke up Kyle got back Kyle got to camp a little while after that mm-hmm. um and so he kind of was like, I don't know if someone went to town specifically to get him. Um, I think maybe someone just let him know what was going on once they got service and he probably felt the need to come. Okay. Yeah. Like, I hey, can you part- swing by and pick me up and I'll come, like, help help out? Um, yeah, some, something like that. Oh, yeah, because his car had been there. So then why go to town if it's not for... Um, I think that people, people have went to town to try and talk to his roommates or his friends and see if anyone had seen him in mm-hmm. case he did get a ride back. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the priority before any officials were alerted just in case. Yeah. You know, he was just like at someone's house. Like, yeah. And I think that that's actually a lot of people are um, really come down hard about that, but it kind of makes sense that you would exhaust all of the other options before getting like search and rescue and the family involved, especially because um, this is not the first time within this group even that somebody has wandered around in the in the woods and not yeah. been able to been found, and everything always works out fine. So I totally and, get you know that. him like Michael being an adult. Like it comes down to like you know you don't like this is not a scenario you think is going to happen either. So you think it's kind of like oh he like I was concerned, but like really did think he was going to pop out of a bush and be like, hey, guys, I'm back. Like, Yeah, sprained my ankle. <laughs> I didn't want to feel the wrath of, like, why'd you call the cops? Like, I was fine. Or, like, you know, find out yeah. it's just at his friend's house. Um, obviously, in hindsight, like, knowing that, you know, you're going to be here right. how many months later yeah. and nothing, like, that... You can't really, though. Been, like, yeah. To just fucking get a hold of an authority, like, cops or search and rescue right away. Yeah, that's really hard call, and I um, I do get it. At first, I was really confused by that, but the more I think about it and the more I kind of talk to all the different people, I think you guys were, you know, doing the best you can, and it was a hard call, but like you said, like, you might have been really pissed off if you guys went yeah. and got and a bunch of people involved. Take, um, we were all under the impression it takes someone missing for 10 hours to get up to have search and rescue come out and look for them Hmm. and so we were waiting for that 10 hour mark Hmm. basically we were like you know this is like clearly when when search and rescue deems it like worrisome enough time Mm -hmm. yeah so um because i know that in town it takes you have to like wait 24 hours to report someone over 18 as a missing person but i believe if it's like on the woods and you're calling search and rescue it just has to be 10 Hmm. Okay. And so that was that was actually like a reason why search and rescue because I know I think they were called after ten hours, but with the delay in um, communication between people having to go back to town, figure out if he's 
if if he's been heard from by someone and then come back into town and then go back out to yeah, call so much for time. service. That was something, it was kind of like a waiting game at a certain point. Like once we all felt it was like, you know, like worthy like, of like other people at camp are starting to wake up. Mm-hmm. Like if he's asleep in a bush, like he would, you would think he would be awake before anyone else that's waking up right now because right. the sun's up. Right. I mean, it's a weird in between of like, your rational brain being like, okay, we're out camping, it's woods, people get lost. And then also feeling that kind of instinctual, like, it, you know, kind of like a heavy, heavy feeling of like, mm-hmm. is that really all that's going on? Like, did he really just fall asleep somewhere? Or like, is he hurt somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'd be thinking too. Did he like break his leg and he's like yeah. down somewhere? And yeah, I, yeah, I probably would have been going through all those exact same thoughts and was your you said your partner was there with you as well right yeah and so was he part of like that whole thing like he was with you through every step of that too um no so he was he was with me at the dome when because i had first came up and was asking some of us if we had seen michael Mm -hmm. but he he only got on the bus like one time when our, cause our friend had just gotten that bus and he was showing it to us when we got there. Mm-hmm. So we like walked through it one time and we we're like, damn, like, this is cool. Like you got a bus. Like that's yeah. crazy. Um, but he didn't go back on the bus. Um, I don't, I don't know if he got back on the bus at all that night. He, he was over by the campfire when I went back on and was sitting and talking to the people on the bus when, um, cause I came back on to put on a jacket and mm-hmm. look for a flashlight and then was he part of, like, searching, doing the grid and being with Kyle and all that, too? Yeah. The okay. next day, uh, he had been looking around. Um, he didn't fall asleep. So I fell asleep once, like, I don't even remember when I fell asleep. Um, yeah, when the sun had started to come up, I was like, okay, I need I need to sleep. So I fell asleep for a couple of hours. And he had stayed up. And I guess at that point, like, once the sun had come up, they did, like, a pretty thorough, like, kind of checking in tents or, like, checking all the spots on the bus because the bus is like i I find it like if someone fell asleep on the bus it was pretty dark and like unless you were like scaring the bus like i feel like you could have easily just like been taken a nap somewhere tucked in a corner and like someone couldn't have seen you Mm, but um i know that nobody was like busting open tents or anything that's what i was gonna ask so you said that they were like kind of getting people up and asking so yeah i know that they had checked like um because I had checked some of the, because I think there were tents that were designated, like, just free tents for someone if you needed a place to sleep. Oh, um, cool. I think they were just rechecking those areas. Um, but I don't think any they had, like, woken anyone up mm-hmm. yet. Um, but once, once Ben woke up, like, he was, it was instant panic when Ben woke up. And I think that kind of kicked it into gear for everyone that was like, yeah, we should be, like. Doing something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because, you know, what can, especially, like, a bunch of kids who, like, you know, some of us were still, were still high. Yeah. Like, might not be the best idea for us to go, like, wandering to look for this person, especially since there had been, like, some sketchy people down this down the road. Right. Um, but it kind of kicked it into gear for, like, okay, someone does need to, like, get a hold of, like, someone in Eugene and, like, make contact. Mm-hmm. So, um, when Kasaya and I went, because we, we didn't, like, look. You know, we didn't go crazy looking through the other campsite. Mm-hmm. We kind of walked over to see if anyone was, like, chilling on the table, see if anyone had any, like, lights on over there. We kind of, like, were, like, we weren't, like, screaming his name because we didn't want to wake anyone up, but we were, like, 
you know, like yelling out his name. Yeah. Because if he would, you know, if he was up, he would have heard us. We walked down the road a little bit, and she was telling me, she was like, yeah, like he, Michael just like ran out of his meds or stopped taking them. Um, but when Parrish and Tina got to camp, they said that he hadn't been taking meds for years. So I don't know if like, hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know what led Kasaya to believe that he had been taking any of medication for mental health. Yeah. Um, but I had not heard um, that he, that that was a recent thing either, but um, did you at any point hear about the missing money thing or the missing wallet and the owed money I, portion? Of yeah. That? I didn't hear about that until I saw it somewhere in either the comment section or on a post on the Facebook page. Okay. Um, I didn't hear that his, that, that he had owed Hunter money and he showed up and then paid Hunter. I didn't hear that his wallet was missing either. Mm-hmm. Um, or that he even had a bunch of money on him. Cause I knew that, um, once the campsite was searched, like after search and rescue and his parents got there that they couldn't find his, um, wallet. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know that he had mentioned to someone while he was there that he had money in it and his wallet was missing mm-hmm. until like a month after the fact. Okay. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting um, for a bunch of different reasons. One being that nobody can really pinpoint an exact amount of money that he owed people. And um, I've heard some really – well, I can't say for sure. I think they're inflated numbers in my opinion. Um, I've heard $600. I've heard $6,000. I've heard $10,000. Like, well, these are huge numbers. I've heard a, I, I've heard, so I know that he owed Hunter 400. Mm-hmm. Um, he needed rent money and Hunter had lent him money. Um, I also heard that he had lost a shipment of K in the mail. Mm-hmm. So. And did you, did you hear a dollar amount on how much that shipment was worth? Um, I didn't, but, you know, it was probably anywhere from like, probably around an ounce, which right now is going for like 17. Um, but I, I've heard some, I've seen numbers posted of like seven thousand dollars. Right, like, and like okay, I don't that's know about that. A like, lot of money for someone I who just if, dabbles yeah. in. Yeah, I think you if know. you're owing someone that much money, like your first priority is probably not going to be to pay back your friend who's chilling for like four hundred bucks. Like your per- first priority is to like pay back people who like fried you drugs. Yeah, hundred percent. Especially if you are at all concerned, based mm-hmm. on the text messages that he sent his ex girlfriend. Sounds like he was concerned about something. So if I was that concerned about it, I certainly wouldn't be paying back any rent loans first. Yeah. Especially from like, you know, Hunter's a chill dude. Like, you know, he's not going to be like, where's my 400 bucks, you know? Is that like unusual? Does that sound unusual to you that he would loan Michael $400 for rent? No. Hunter's helped my partner out. Okay. Um, yeah. My partner like got laid off um, during COVID for a few months and like he helped he helped him a lot. He had a house fire earlier this year, so dealing with like housing issues and stuff. And he's been like, like he's been immensely helpful. Oh wow, that's amazing. Why like, do you feel like there's just like a small group? So what we said there was like thirty three people on that list, but we literally hear of like four or five of them over and over and over and yeah. over. And then everyone else just kind of gets to fly under the radar for whatever reason. What do you think that's about? Like, why is there this hyper focus on this? I think it comes from people who knew certain people that were camping um, or knew about them better than others. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, the twins are very well known in Eugene. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they're they're very active in the music scene and a lot of michael's friends Mm -hmm. are a huge part of the music scene i think that that i think a big part of that comes down to that fact that um uh, a lot of people who have who've had a lot to say have been focused on the people that they've known there hence like kyle being brought up so much when he wasn't even there mm-hmm. a lot of these people also know kyle so i think it's people clinging on to like some sense of familiarity or like you know yeah that's interesting um, like i feel like if my friends were on that list like i would do the opposite i'd be like well i know it wasn't like these guys like i know these guys really well so i know it wasn't them so like i would be i would be like looking at the people that i didn't know on that list but it seems like it's going the opposite way and i think that's because like I've said this before, but like Michael is like the last person that would willingly like, or that I would think would like willingly put people through this type of heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So being one of the, in my opinion, more plausible scenarios, which is Michael choosing not to be found, like that is so unbelievable for so many people that mm-hmm. it's it's more believable for them to think that uh, someone that they know would do something bad than yeah. it would be for michael to disappear and you know cause like his friends and family to like feel this much pain really the biggest problem i have with that is the timing of cho- like if this was a planned out type of thing this would be a really weird time to pull that off walking I, I, away I agree. yeah <laughs> i had i had said something on the support group for like the let's find michael support group Mm -hmm. i know there's a lot of controversy between the two groups right now yeah i digress i had said something along the lines of like you know like for a very long time it was an absolute like not possibility that he would do this of his own accord Mm -hmm. but finding out different things and seeing different behaviors from people to me that's more of an option that he left than it is that one of the especially the people who have been named a Mm -hmm. bunch would do something to hurt Michael or cover up an accident. Um, I can't speak for the people that I don't know, Sure, but especially like the twins or Kyle or even Josie, there's not a doubt in my mind that they're not capable of hurting, especially Michael. Um, and if something was to happen, like I'd like to believe that we're a lot more responsible than that. Mm -hmm. And even if a handful of us weren't like, I'm sorry, there's a bunch of us there. Like, if someone hid something or did something, like, a cow would be out of the bag by now, you know? Yeah, it's too many people. Um, It's too too many people. And we're all, like, relatively close. Like, we all see each other pretty frequently. And I think if someone was acting some type of way, like, I know myself, you know, if if I found out or even heard that someone had done something or knew something, like, I'm not going to keep that quiet. At that point, you're not my friend anymore. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you did something awful. But right. um, that's another thing, too, is, like, no one who's been speculating, like, these people, these 18,000-plus people, like, they don't know me. So it's easy to say that we would all just have Every. each other's backs over Michael's. But, yeah. And then not to say, like, I mean, I do believe that you guys would be close enough to where you could yeah. have each other's backs, but just statistically, 40, yeah. 40 people or even 30 people cannot keep something like that to themselves it's just not and as, it never as gross as it is you know if the moral compass to not say something isn't enough like there is a reward there yeah no and agreed. there's anonymous ways to get a hold of it and that's why it's like, there to, i'd also heard um so it's like the sixth or the seventh the restaurant i work at one of his best friends had stopped by the store after him and his girlfriend had been out posting flyers or searching the campgrounds and like i came out and they had said that they had reasonably of it 
maybe like two weeks prior to the camp, Michael had relapsed with Smith. And that's like coming from like his best friend. Like this guy's an admin on yeah. the Let's Find Michael page. But um, he had reason to believe it. But not, huh? not that he had reason to believe that he yes. could have relapsed. Not it wasn't a for yeah. sure thing. So the Brysons have been adamant that Michael doesn't do meth anymore. I know he's had a past with meth. Mm-hmm. Well, they had told me that they were searching. They were like, they were like, yeah, we're we're gonna focus more in town. Um, they had credible sightings, and especially like since they believe that he could have been using mm-hmm. before the camping trip, like like it was reason enough for them to focus on Eugene. But even if he was, then what? I think that that just adds more questions about where he was actually at mentally Mm -hmm. and what what was really going on in his life. Yeah. So with the whole Facebook thing, uh, the two different groups, there is this huge rift and it's kind Mm -hmm. of the parents versus friends, unfortunately, Um, at least friends that were at that party. Yeah. What... What's your take on all of that? What do you think? Um, I asked, I've asked several people, like, what do you think it would take to get that mended and start back and work together? Or do you think that's not even possible at this point? Like, what's your take? I, on that? I don't think that it's possible. There's a lot of stuff that's gone on behind the scenes. Um, it's really, it's sad. It's, it's so sad. extremely sad, especially because it's like, especially for people who are there and like, wanting to help but not knowing how and then also feeling like your help isn't wanted and then not being able to grieve with you know the people who knew him best like you know like I've seen a lot of my friends have been there's kind of like a comfort to like being able to grieve as a community that a lot of the people who were there are being deprived of which is like obvious not the bigger picture of important anytime someone is like hey this has been hard for me like everyone's like don't make it about you but they're only saying that to people who are camping, which is like, yeah. But I also, I also understand that like these people will see us as guilty, so they don't feel that we deserve to have that. I understand that. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. There's been a lot. I know that a lot of us have felt very defeated, and like, essentially, it's gotten to the point where like we will talk to police, we'll talk to the PI, mm-hmm. but in terms of communication, even with his family, it's like not. They don't a lot of us don't really see a point in it, which is like that. It sounds super harsh to say that, but like, it's also like, I'm not going to subject myself to like, like sitting here, you know, understanding that I was at a party and someone went missing, like understanding the connotations of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and knowing that like, how could you trust me? You don't know me. And your son is gone. Like you can't, like you haven't heard from him once. Like no one even knows what happened, but also being like, I don't, knowing how to help in that situation either and then also sitting there and like seeing your friends or yourselves being like vilified and like attacked and even wanting to help you know like the twins' addresses was posted on that facebook page of like people who are like you know i've seen threats from people you have as that was actually gonna be one of my next questions like have you actually have you been harassed at all or have you actually seen any um anybody else i've seen a lot of comments about like you know, like, Michael deserves justice, so, like, let's take this into our own hands. Like, there was one lady who saw a random bus and followed it around town. Thinking it was one of the ones there. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that, you know, or, like, saying, like, let's find out where these people live and, like, they work and, like, you know, just, like, that type of, like, when you're sitting there looking at a Facebook page of 
hundred, you know, you see it go from hundreds to like thousands mm-hmm. to like almost 20,000 people. It's extremely nerve wracking. And a lot of people are like, well, if the shoe fits, well, no, I didn't do anything, but I was at a party and like people, like people have been saying some very intense things about everyone who was there. Yeah, I agree. You know, very insistent that like, we know something and like, that's really terrifying to like, look at. I try, I have tried. (laughs) I have gone on mob mentality. I've gone on, you know, like confirmation bias. Like once you have in your mind that somebody's guilty, Mm -hmm. like you can really lean into that and like choose not to see evidence that will show you otherwise. And I think that's one of the best things about your podcast is that like, you know, you've created a platform where like humanizes the people who are camping more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You're able to like, Cause it's one thing for me to sit there on Facebook and like comment back to these people who are either believing misinformation and like me being like, no, this wasn't the case. And then that turning into like a Facebook fight. Mm-hmm. And then also like them sitting there and listening to like, Hey, like this is what happened. This is who I am. Right. And just like know, a casual sure. conversation that everyone can relate to. It's like not yeah. an interrogation. Cause that's so unrelatable. Exactly. And then it doesn't, it also doesn't help with the fact that a lot of us have been blocked from the other page and that even the support group was kind of taken like like most of the people who were like commenting aren't even people who was there who were yeah. there and like that was the whole point of that was that like you know we were like hey like we should you know create a platform that we can be completely uncensored in mm-hmm. and answer these people directly without you know without having to deal with any type of harassment or bullying and right. i feel like it's kind of already not that yeah, that because was my thought. It too. created an instant divide. And I think the idea of it, like like you said, like, oh, let's create a platform where we can be and like mm-hmm. on paper, that sounds awesome. That sounds yeah. perfect. But then from what I can tell, it's fairly similar in a you know, it's a little yeah. bit of a different tune, but it's sounds like mm-hmm. it might be from the same song as the as the other pages doing right now. It's just a Brit surplus ship posting group. Like it's, it's now just, a bashing. You know, yeah, which is crazy because it I stopped following the Michael Bryson page for about a month. Like I mm-hmm. just needed to not, I would sit there and check it every day. Yeah. And like, like it started out hoping that like someone would post it. Cause there was all these new leads that were being posted on there. And then it just turned into this, like, it's so horrific. You can't look away. Um, and I just needed a break. And when I came back, like Brett was a part of the equation. He's kind of of like non-importance to me. Um, okay. if that makes any sense. Like yeah. I, I'm not going to sit here and like pick fights with someone over the internet they're like that's not my role to play in all of this i could care less what he thinks mm-hmm. um in terms of his actual like investigation like i still feel like it's kind of nothing like saying like a complete asshole but it's, just, it's i feel like it's nothing of significance that he's like it's like all it takes is just literally creating an environment for like people who are at the party to just openly share their account of the night and like it's just all I've seen from him is just riling people up, and that's not yeah. productive in my opinion. But some of the things that he says, they can be kind of abrasive, and mm-hmm. you know he's gotten quite a bit of backlash, not only from the party goers, but just in general. I would say for being on a witch hunt, and then on the other side, though, like we just said, like it became a Brett bashing page in the way that now it is aggressive and it yeah. is like doing the exact thing that it was crying wolf for on the other side, you know? Well, so and, it's like, this is really, you know, and, and Josie and Hunter were removed from admins of that page. 
Yeah. So and so that's kind of <laughs> yeah. So let's talk, so Donovan. Uh-huh. Do you know him outside of this party? Yeah, okay. yeah. I've known him. I've known him for like six or seven months. He's always been like a sweetheart, like just a very like sweet, funny kid. He's very quiet and reserved. I like the way that he talks. He is very concise. He's very, um, he was very easy for me to interview. Just, he's very exact in the way that he speaks. Um, Mm -hmm. and I can appreciate that. It's almost like a science type of mind or something. Like if I had to guess, I don't know, but like, that's just kind of how he lays things out. And I can appreciate that. He can articulate himself very well. Yeah. He has very well spoken. Um, what was interesting to me all along was that Donovan said that when he woke up, at eight or nine, um, people were yelling Michael's name, got up, started searching around also. Um, he said Kyle was there at that point when he woke up at eight or nine, which I have then since heard that he was not there. So could just be that he, you know, I said, who was searching? He was like, I don't know, Kyle. Well, that's what I think. So like, if it was that early in the morning, like Donovan would still be high, I believe. Like I ate Molly with. At what time though? <sighs> like at midnight, like when you first. Could have been later than like one or two. I feel like. Okay, so then like. Um, I don't know how but it wasn't like right after we got there, so it was probably around one, one thirty or two or something like that. But like, you know, he could have still been. He did. I do know that he went to bed, not too long after. Because I didn't, like, really see him around, but, like... He took Molly and then went to bed? You know, like, we split a decent amount of Molly, and so if... Who takes Molly and then goes to bed? If you get really high. If you've, like, eaten enough of it, or if your body's just had enough, like, I don't know. I'm guilty. That seems like it would be, like, again, like... (laughs) It's definitely counterintuitive. Sometimes your body is just... Especially with how bad Molly is for you. If you've just had enough, your body's, like, shutting down on you. But then, so when he says he gets up at eight or nine, starts looking, and then kind of teams up with Michelle, Michelle says that Donovan was her right-hand man, like, during that whole morning. Did you see her at all coordinating? Was she a coordinator of any type to you that next morning? No, no. not to me. She was, she seemed, um, cause I had, me, myself, and I walked up the road, mm-hmm. um, because we were like, Kyle was having his grid, and then that just felt like I was like, not getting anywhere. I can't hike this. Mm-hmm. I got a few hours of sleep. Like, I'm not I'm not a person right now. So yeah. I walked up the road. I was like, I'm going to check on each side of the road. And when I came back, people had left for town. Okay. And so then we we're, Michelle was really like, we need to call. And she was, she was really sick of waiting. She was like, I want to call, like been waiting all day yeah she was trying to freak out a little mm -hmm. and so we were trying to figure out like okay um what about the satellite phone though because i heard there was a satellite phone there would have been a good time to um i didn't hear about that um okay i'll have to double check on that michelle had been asking for a charged phone um because i don't think her phone was charged and then josie was like trying to charge hers and i was like mine is charged you can try calling off mine Mm -hmm. and that didn't work out and so I believe what happened was um, someone went to town and got food because, like, we had, we had, like, no food there. Yeah. Um, and my boyfriend was like, yeah, like, so-and-so is going to bring back some food. And so then I think I think at that point, like, his family had been contacted by someone that, mm-hmm. like, they had heard that people were looking for Michael because um, shortly after they showed back up with food, his family showed up. 
Oh, so that was like at night. Because they showed up at 7.15, they said. Uh, Or 7. I left at 7. Leave like right after they got there or they'd been there a while? I feel like it was maybe like an hour after they got there. Mm. Um, Because they they showed up. They asked for like, you know, what happened, what drugs Mm -hmm. was he on. And I feel like that's where a huge misconception came from. Like, I have not been quiet about the drugs that I knew were there that I used that I believe Michael had used. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that as kind of a narrative, like, you guys have been hiding stuff, which is like, especially something like acid. Like, that's not a drug that I feel like is like, I'm sorry, it was like a a birthday party out in the woods, like baby renegade. Like, you know, there's going to be acid there. Right. There was a lot Um, of talk, though, that there wasn't specifically from the twins and Ashley, from my understanding, um, being adamant that there was not acid there. I have heard that now. I mean, certainly the Brysons, Krista and Anna all told me that separately on their own accord, which I thought was really interesting. And I was like, no freaking way in my mind that that's true. But okay. I don't know why uh, that would be the I know there wasn't. I know it wasn't like, like I thought someone would have shown up with a vial, um, but I don't believe that that was the case. But like in terms of like personal stash of like drug use, like a couple hits of acid. But I, I know that um, when they got, when his family got there, we were all asked like what drugs he had taken. Mm-hmm. And I know Josie was the main person speaking to them. At that point, she kind of gave him the rundown and she had responded with like, believing that he had taken um, molly and ketamine he had been drinking mm-hmm. um i don't know if that helps with like the speculation aspect in terms of like party goers hiding stuff because that's not been like the way that i've conducted myself in terms of like people asking me what drugs have been there or what i've seen my friends respond with i feel like you've been the most open that i've spoken to so far like with your own personal, like everybody yeah. likes I to say what other people were doing, but nobody wants yeah. to say what they were doing, which is I fine. I think it's also easier because I'm not, not that my friends have anything to hide, but their business yeah. might not be something they want to be as open about. Right, right. No, I get um, it. And that's totally understandable. I think also, um, since a lot of my friends have been scrutinized a lot more than I have, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a, you know, I've seen, I've seen my own words twisted by other people and so mm-hmm. i think a lot of people are afraid to put their foot in their mouth yeah um, no i definitely because when you say true. something you know can't take it back and then someone's like well so and so said this and then it's a lot harder to do damage control i'm like that's not what i meant yep and that was um kind of my hope i mean i reached out to i've reached out to everybody basically at this point yeah i would love to have the twins on because i hate that they haven't had a chance to defend themselves and then their names just keep coming up and keep yeah. coming up. And that, like, I don't want, I don't want to be a part of a witch hunt at all. I, but I can't defend them for them. I, they have to defend yeah. themselves if that's what they want to do. But whatever, whatever you guys are doing right now, um, if you're trying to like keep the harassment down, it's, it's not working. Right. Like it's not working. So when you are tired of that and you want to try something new, Mm -hmm. like maybe people will just respect you for coming forward and it will humanize you in a way that like you're not just a a name on a screen that they can just bash that never comes forward to defend themselves or, you know, like Mm -hmm. give rebuttals to different scenarios. So, you know, I put that out there to basically everyone. But in my experience, um, there has been a wave of people who are just so grateful that they came forward. I feel like it makes them instantly look less guilty. Just the fact that you'd be willing to talk to somebody who's doing a podcast makes you look less guilty, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I 100% agree. I know myself, I feel guilty that, I, like, I, I feel like I didn't do enough. Like, mm-hmm. That also made it a hard thing to open myself up to scrutiny, because it's like, you know, like, I wish I would have, like, you know, I wish I wish when I when I woke up and I was like, hey, like, you know, we should call someone, like, I wish I would have been, like, more vocal about that. And yeah. that's a hard one to, like, because, like, at the end of the day, like, a lot of us are feeling a lot of remorse for that. Yeah, of like, course. It's hard. It's like especially coulda, shoulda, woulda. Yeah. And then what, you know, I kind of feel like what happened, you know, I I think that like, I I think he met the wrong people. I think he might've like stumbled into, you know, cause that's just the most believable for me. Like, I don't think he'd do this to the people he cares about or they care about him. And I also know my friends enough to feel certain that like, that they didn't harm him or that he didn't overdose and they freaked out because they were high and they covered it up. Yeah, especially with, like, you know, like, you know, we are, we're, we, we use drugs a lot, and, like, if someone was to get hurt, like, you, like, we have good Samaritan laws, like, you know. It would have gotten handled. Exactly, and, um. Yeah, I believe that. Um, I end all my interviews with this question, but, um, I know it's speculation because we don't know, (laughs) but what do you think happened to Michael? Um, I think that he ran into people that are capable of something really horrible. I don't think it was anyone that um, I was camping with that was at the, that was at Josie's party, mm-hmm. but possibly um, just someone else in the area, especially since there's been no trace of him mm-hmm. and it's been months and I haven't even heard anything from my friends that I was camping with any type of like odd behavior from them or mm-hmm. any reason to believe that someone that I know is hiding something. Um, that's the only that's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, is that it was an outside fa- um, an outside and factor. Yeah, and that's something that I felt from like the beginning. Like I remember one day I was like, I had been talking to my mom, and I was just like really upset because it was like, especially because there was such a large focus on party goers, and I didn't attention being drawn to um, any of the other weird accounts from like people who were camping up or down the road. Like it was like he could be in someone's shed right now. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. And, and, and feeling like resources aren't focused in areas that like make sense, but that's also like, I know my friends. So, um, I'm, I can't like, I can't sit here and judge people for focusing on like what they also, you know, what they choose to focus their resources on. Right. Yeah. And from the outside, since they don't know this group, um, yeah, yeah, I can see why those are the first people you turn to are the people that were right there. Um, mm-hmm. But if you don't find anything, yeah, then then the question is, where do you go from there? Yep. And that's kind of where we're um, Yeah, I just I really appreciate you talking to me. I feel like the more people we can get to do this, one, the less like villains everyone's going to appear. Um, you know, from my perspective, I, I do see a lot of good people in that group and I have talked to a lot of good people. So, yeah, I don't. So that's what I like appreciate the most about what you're doing is like you're giving, you know, by doing this podcast, like you've been able to like talk to us and and ask the questions that, you know, are important. And like you're giving 
you're by doing this work yourself, like you're giving us this opportunity to essentially have this conversation with everyone who's going to listen to your podcast. Right. That's the hope. I mean, for me, it's so it's so hard. The Facebook thing is so chaotic. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. to just break it down and go on a one to one level. It's so it's so much better to get it like this. I just feel like learning the dynamics of the group, too. And just like remembering that. Like these are just like young 20 year old, 20 to 25 year old people who are all friends. They have inside jokes just like everyone else. They have different dynamics and couples and ish, you know, issues in the pet. It's just, it's so normal. It's so relatable. And, um, I think that that needs to be seen in order for this to simmer down that you guys are definitely dealing with something that's, um, like nobody's ever gone through anything like this before. This is, this is, 2020 it's style like a nightmare at it's a times, nightmare dude like because it's just you know one of my friends said from the beginning like he's like this is only gonna get worse like until michael is found like it's just gonna the chaos the will ensue all the different accounts are starting to run together in my mind and for our 10th episode i'm gonna try and summarize and organize the information we have and I'll try to fill in some of the holes where I can. I also want to give those who know and love Michael an opportunity to say a few words about him. So if you have a story about Michael, or would like to share what you remember best about him, please record them and send them to me at nowheretobefound2020 at gmail.com. I made a post on the Nowhere To Be Found Facebook page explaining how you can record yourself with your cell phone. And if you don't have a phone capable of doing that, but you'd still like to be on the podcast, please get in contact with me and we'll set up a time to record you over the phone. We've been asked how our listeners can contribute to the show, so we set up an account with Patreon. Check out the link in our show notes if you're interested in supporting our cause. You can also find it on our website, nowheretobefoundpodcast.com.